Get ready for the smartest bundle in streaming. Six streaming services for the intellectually curious. Featuring Curiosity Stream with the best collection of documentary films and TV shows. Psalm TV and great stories from the world of wine. Taste Made for the fun side of food and travel. Topic with the best thrillers and crime stories. And so much more. From nature to history, technology to food, mystery to adventure. Get six streaming services for one low price. And less than $6 a month, it's the best deal in streaming. Learn more and sign up now at smartbundle.com. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is the Education in the News Show, and I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group, and director of the New Heights Show on Education, and owner of it as well. Welcome back. We love having you, and um, today we have a lot to cover as usual, lots of uh, happenings in the world of education, so let's get right to it. Recently, a taxpayer-funded university of the University of Memphis was caught red-handed bribing college professors to push critical race theory, mind-poisoning in the classroom. According to a faculty-wide email, professors will receive a $3,000 bonus if they teach this propaganda. Make no mistake, this is also happening all across the U.S. in many different schools. So, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think it's something that people should be getting paid extra for um, if they push an ideology that um, really they don't have any permission by parents? They don't take into account what parents think or feel any longer? What are your thoughts on this? I'd love to hear it. So um, the next story I have for you is from uh, Middle Web Smart Brief. And this is from Manistee News Advocate in Michigan. Ski lessons come to school for Michigan fifth graders. Michigan fifth graders are learning cross-country skiing basics through the Nordic Rocks program from Crystal Community Ski Club. Ski coach Beth Major says the goal is to get kids active and introduce them to the sport. Also, um, the Heckinger Report reports that in-person student behavior incidents are on the rise. Pandemic and stress-related behavioral problems are increasing as students return to the classroom, and data indicates that the rates of suspensions and expulsions are climbing in some schools. Quote, you don't or you can't do restorative justice if you don't have time, remarked middle school principal Killian Betluck. 
noting that staffing shortages have left some schools without adequate personnel to address problem behavior in schools. Uh, sorry, just a moment. I'm going to find the next article here. All right. Uh, in New Mexico, um, it works to make social studies more inclusive. New Mexico aims to be a model for the nation as it works to overhaul its social studies education standards. The effort seeks to ensure the state's civics, history, geography, and curricula are more inclusive of the state's population, including how the legacy of Spanish conquistadors is taught. The Associated Press reported on this story, if you want to look it up. And uh, the Tennessean in Nashville reports that uh, it establishes Grow Your Own teacher program. Tennessee is addressing an ongoing teacher shortage with a statewide Grow Your Own initiative that provides a new pathway to the classroom for aspiring teachers. The initiative features free apprenticeship programs funded in part with federal money that can allow teacher candidates to work in classrooms while earning credentials and are designed to expand a qualified, diverse teacher workforce. And the Washington Post, New York Times, and Education Week all report that states tap National Guard parents as classroom subs. States are using creative ways to fill substitute teacher positions. Amid the higher teacher absences due to the coronavirus and a severe shortage of substitutes. In New Mexico, the National Guard and state employees are being tapped as substitutes while in Texas and Michigan, parents are being recruited. What do you think of this idea? Um, any, any thoughts at all? Please share them with us. Okay, just a moment. Switching again. This is from Smart Brief on Special Education, and it reports that Kelo, K-E-L-O, TV in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, prepares students for careers. In South Dakota, nonprofit Teach Well Solutions is helping students with disabilities gain the skills they need to succeed in the adult world. The STRIVE program offers both college prep and career training courses tailored to each student's needs, says Transition Coast Janae Sturma. And a mentoring program helps students take the stage. Students with disabilities get a taste of the spotlight through the Penguin Project, which pairs students with peer mentors to prepare for roles in stage productions. The Quad Cities chapter is preparing to perform the Little Mermaid Junior and Rock Island, Illinois. WHBF-TV in Rock Island, Illinois reported on this story. And, a, um, let's see, Phi Delta Kappen ha 
shared what is overlooked in news coverage by substitutes. Local and national news outlets are covering the substitute teacher shortage affecting schools nationwide. Yet, Amanda Von Moose and Jesse Weiser, leaders at the nonprofit Substantial Classrooms, says reporters may be missing parts of the story, mainly that substitute teacher shortages persisted even before the coronavirus pandemic and that there are ties between substitute teacher shortages and equity. And the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reports that a study video game yields reading leaps for children. A nonviolent action game embedded with many brain training exercises for cognitive flexibility, attention, and other functions has shown sustained improvement in students' reading speed and accuracy. University of Geneva researchers have found students' skills improved despite the game's lack of reading activity. Study author Angela Pasqualato, Pasqualato, sorry if I said that wrong, uh, reported this. And Spectrum News reports that data in indicates flaws in New York City's universal pre-K. New data from Advocates for Children of New York indicates that New York City preschoolers have disabilities who have disabilities received unequal access to the education services they are entitled to during the 2019-2020 school year. Under identification of students, Staffing shortages and funding issues are among problems cited by Early Childhood Education Project Director Betty Baez-Melo. The Washington Post, New York Times, and Education Week report that states tap National Guard. Okay, oh, I just read that. Sorry. Another repeat. They, they clump all these together. So I apologize for that. And he alio he no he alio I'm not familiar with with this but it um, or who which is the World Health Organization for so healthy kids may not need to get COVID nineteen boosters in a press briefing that that there is no evidence that healthy children and adolescents need booster doses to supplement their COVID nineteen vaccine. The aim to protect the most vulnerable or to protect those at highest risk of severe disease and dying. Those are our elderly populations, the immune compromised people with underlying conditions and also health care workers, said Sumaya Swamanathan. Sorry if I butchered that. She's the chief scientist at WHO. Also, more reports from Smart Brief, but this one is for the EdTech. Um, this is from Bismarck, North Dakota, and it was reported on by KXMB-TV. 
CTE Students Repair Install School Technology, a group of North Dakota high school students who are enabled in an information technology career pathway program are working under the name Saber Cybers to repair and install technology for schools and their classmates. For example, the school district recently purchased projectors, which the students will install in schools throughout the district. That's pretty neat. What do you think of that? I think that's a good initiative. And uh, next story is from The Observer in Dunkirk, New York. It says, school's online reading program offers individualized aid. Elementary school students in Fredona, New York, are showing progress in reading with the help of an online curricula that adjusts lessons to meet the needs of a specific student. It monitors progress progress and alerts teachers to real-time progress as it covers areas such as vocabulary, phonics, comprehension. Superintendent Brad Zillo says the district piloted the iReady reading program for a year before fully implementing it this year. And a story from University Business says that new cybersecurity rules include universities. Colleges and universities with federal contracts fall under the new federal cyber, uh, civil cyber fraud initiative, which holds organizations accountable for cyber breaches, write Michael Sheehan, Sarah Bartle, and Gabriella Trujillo of Crow and Mooring. Institutions are expected to have policies and protocols in place to protect sensitive data from both external and internal breaches, they explain. I'm having a little bit of a scrolling issue here today, so bear with me. Okay, some of this is repeat again. Right, let me see what this is. Bear with me for a moment. Okay, so this is from uh, PND by Candid. It's from the Foundation Center, and it's news alerts that they send to our inbox. So Silicon Valley Foundation awarded $2.2 billion in 2021. According to the foundation, its total grant-making figure represents 21.5% year-over-year increase with $921 billion awarded to organizations in California, including $777 million awarded to those in the Bay Area. And Community Foundation Update, news and staff announcements from the Community Foundations in Alabama, Arizona, California, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, New York, North Carolina, and West Virginia. Sorry. Um, 
got cut off here. Um, don't you hate when that happens? Well, anyways, the point of the, the story was that um, in partnership with David and Laura Lavelle Foundation, and Vitalist Health Foundation, the Community Foundation for Southern Arizona has a, announced grants totaling 117000 to advance the inclusion, diversity, equity, and access, also known as IDEA, work for nonprofits in the region. And re recipients include the Arizona Community Health Workers Association, Drawing Studio, Job Path, and Tucson's Children's Museum. Uh, there's some other interesting ones here that's kind of labeled by um, uh, states. So I think some of these are important to share with you, so bear with me. So this one's for Florida. It says the golf Coast Community Foundation in Venice has announced a $156,000 grant to community-assisted and supported living known as Castle, K -A, or not K, C-A-S-L, capital letters, to help identify and secure housing and supports for individuals returning to the community after incarceration. Okay, and then in Georgia... Um, the Community Foundation of Greater Atlanta has announced 29 grants totaling $1 million in support of small to mid-sized uh, arts organizations. Combined with grants announced in 2021, the latest awards double the foundation's 2021 arts funding to a total of 2.06 million dollars. And the grants are made through the foundation's Metropo Metropolitan Atlanta Arts Fund. And some of the um, recipients of that include Seven Stages, Flux Projects, Manga African Dance, and Push Push Arts. And in Louisiana, an Impact 100, an initiative of the Greater New Orleans Foundation, has announced a $100,000 transformative grant was awarded to Hotel Hope Impact 100, a giving circle known in its ninth year is a group of more than 100 local women who committed to giving $1,100 to make single transformative grant to a local nonprofit. Recipient nonprofits will use the grant to deepen their impact and grow their network of supporters. Since its inaugural year, Impact 100 has granted out more than one million to nonprofits across the region. And in New York, the Brooklyn Community Foundation has announced the recipients of the 2022 Spark Prize, which recognizes nonprofits advancing racial justice in the borough. The five winning organizations are the Arab American Association of New York, Black Women's Blueprint, Brooklyn Movement Center, Groundswell Community Mural Project, and Weeksville Heritage Center. 
Each organization will receive $100,000, no strings attached, awards at the Foundation Spark Breakfast on March 8, 2022. And in North Carolina, the Carabas County Community Foundation, an affiliate of the Foundation for the Carolinas, has announced grants totaling $71,200 in support of 19 local projects that address a wide range of community needs across Cabarrus County. Recipients include Cabarrus Partnership for Children, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Central Carolinas, Classroom Central, and Midway's Opportunity House. Last but not least, West Virginia, in recognition of National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, on January 9th, the Parksburg Area Community Foundation and its regional affiliates presented appreciation boxes for Mid-Ohio Valley's law enforcement officials. Local volunteers delivered the boxes personally and expressed appreciation to a sampling of law enforcement officers across the Foundation's 11-county service region. The box included locally made potato chips, donated by Mr. B Potato Chips in Parkersburg, a cookie in the shape of a badge baked by area citizen Mary Wright, and a peppermint or peppermint, a pepperoni rule from JR's Donut Castle in Parkersburg. Hand sanitizer and a thank you note from the foundation. Boy, that was a lot to cover, wasn't it? But it brings us to our first commercial break, so we will be right back. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. You're listening to Education in the News with Pamela Clark. Let's get right back into it. Still a lot to cover. Okay, so this news is from PND by Candid Foundation Center. And it says San Francisco Public Library to expand incarcerated library program. The Andrew W. Mellon Foundation has awarded a $2 million grant in support of collaboration between San Francisco Public Library and the American Library Association to expand library services for incarcerated people. And the Third Good Marshall College Fund, Baxter, creates $3.5 million scholarship to be launched in the the fall of this year, the Baxter HBCU STEM Scholars Program will provide three years of support to approximately 40 students. It's got to be more than that. Let me, let me check something real quick. Okay, 40 students, uh, which Baxter employees also provide mentoring opportunities throughout the partnership and in alignment with the company's ACT or Activating Change Today initiative 
to advance inclusion and racial justice. The scholarship program is focused on addressing lower rates of black students completing undergraduate programs or college degrees, I'm sorry, within six years, which stands at 44%, compared with 63% of students overall. The program also will support the Thurgood Marshall College Funds Teacher Quality and Retention Programs, which is designed to keep black and brown teachers in the classroom. And PNC Bank provides $57.3 million in financing for school at Marygrove. A combination of lending and tax credits will support the conversion of the liberal arts and immaculate or immaculata buildings of the former Marygrove College into K to 12 facilities for the Cressage funded P-20 educational continuum. And then, okay, let me, I gotta switch again. Give me a moment. Okay, this is an interesting one. This is from one of our partners, um, Fee. And um, they put out different articles, which you'll see on our site and on our blogs. So, and actually in our magazine as well. But in Isaac Morehouse, uh, wrote this um, article called The Last Leg University Stand-On is Collapsing. The world of education is not what it used to be. He said um, in his article, universities are dying. They have long ceased being the best way to gain knowledge. More recently, the degrees they confer have ceased being the best way to signal employability, the only exception being jobs that legally require them. Such jobs are increasingly stodgy, unattractive, bureaucratic, backwards, subservient to tyrannical governments. The final leg universities stand on is the mythology of social status. That's it. That's what gives them what waning power they have. I can't count the number of parents I've talked to who recognize that college is one of the worst places to learn and degrees are one of the weakest ways to try to get hired, but who still needlessly bite the bullet and send their kid anyway. Often they shackle themselves or their children to tens of thousands in debt along the way. They despise the invalidizing policies on campus and bitter ideas in the classroom. They see waste, corruption, stupidity, warped worldview, and bad habits cultivated and rewarded by the system. But they still send their kids. Why? Because they value the decaying social status indicator of a degree. They want a shortcut to communicate to the world that they are good parents and their kids are better than most. Even when they know the college experience is not good for kids or for their kids, many go through it with it because they panic. They don't know how to face other parents who ask what their kids are doing. They don't know how to deal with the social expectation among the masses that college is somehow respectable 
and I can think of a few things less respectable than unknowingly or unthinkably going into debt to spend half a decade drinking and begrudgingly completing meaningless assignments for professors detached from the world all so you can emerge with a piece of paper that does nothing to help you start a career in mindsets that make success harder. This doesn't mean that it's not possible for the college experience to be good or valuable or any of those things. The point is that almost no one seriously analyzes it. Almost no one sets out specific goals, examines the various ways to achieve them, and compares college to the relevant alternatives. Because only college confers the social praise of the self-appointed, quote, important people. The priests of our cultural religion teach you that you are not important without a degree. It's the equivalent of a blue check mark on Twitter, a self-serious symbol that turns out to be a better indicator of who is a fool or apologist for tyrants than who is a serious person. As easy as it is to see the foolishness of university degrees as a status symbol from a distance, the spell the priests have cast over their past half-century remains powerful. Even for those who should know better, a college degree does not make you serious, important, or special in any way. It only proves that you are willing to follow the crowd, a dangerous prospect, especially lately. Now the universities are extended their absurdities to the bodily autonomy of their students. They are forcing students to cover their faces, swab their noses, present medical papers, or get injected with crony corporate concoctions they know little about. They are belittled and harassed in the process. The few social joys of campus life are reduced, but tuition is increased. Now is the time to pull the last leg out from under the zombie corpse of college. Now is the time to break the spell cast by its priest and reject the idea that degree makes you matter. Now is the time to courageously unleash human creativity, imagination, and engage in alternative educational, social, and career experiences. There is a war for the mind, a war of information, a war of control of human societies and cultures. This war requires you to believe the priests and accept the idea that the ivory tower is more important than you, and those they slap a stamp of approval on more important than those who bypass the madness. The tyrannical individuals, policies, and beliefs crippled the world today, eminent from universities and the sphere of influence they enjoy. They continue to take your money and weaken young minds all while using their undue influence to make your life worse. Don't accept it. Don't allow it. You can overcome the pernicious 
pernicious, excuse me, influence of experts by simply ignoring them and refusing to give them your money, attention, and children. Institutional paper doesn't matter. The life, ideas, and action of humans do. You are free to pursue life, learning, and career in any way you choose, investing your time, money, and energy anywhere you wish. Do you want to empower the system that wishes to enslave you? Or do you want to blaze a trail of freedom and show the world a better way? The article was republished that I just read to you with the permission of Isaac Morehouse. And we have, of course, permission to read these articles and to publish them with their pictures as well. But I say, great job, Isaac Morehouse. What a fantastic, fantastic article. Uh, I scratch my head and deal with the same ideologies when it comes to people that fight to keep their kids in public school when they know it's not good for them and it's destroying families. Our educational system is exactly as some want it to be. John Taylor Gatto explained that better than anybody ever could. But I'm telling you that it is appalling the things that are happening in public schools and parents, and I'm talking compulsory public schools, parents need to pull their kids out if they haven't already. There's so many wonderful ways to educate your children at home, and homeschooling is no longer, you know, something that people, well, let me put it to you this way. It Back when I started homeschooling many years ago, it, it was kind of new and kind of like people just didn't understand. Now, people like myself, we've built up so many resources for people that it's no longer anything to be afraid of. So, yeah, I just, I invite you, you know, check out our website, newheightseducation.org. And, and, you know. At One Day University. We feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly Scholar Newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. New on Curiosity Stream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Fight for your children's rights. Make sure they have a real education. Schooling and education are not the same thing at all. You cannot get an education in a compulsory school. That's not what they're there for. With that thought, I am going to take another quick commercial break, and I'll be right back. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. 
There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Hello, welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. This is Pamela Clark, and we're talking about education in the news. And the show uh, covers news from across the U.S. and the world. So let's get right back into it. Uh, the next um, bit of news I have for you is from ASCD Smart Brief. And this is from the Heckinger Report, and it says, Should career planning start in middle school? A middle school in Indianapolis is part of a growing trend of helping their students think about early about careers, while experts in this article consider whether middle schoolers are developmentally ready to consider lifelong careers. Rick Doss, the district director of secondary education, says career planning is even more important during the coronavirus pandemic because it gives them hope. And I ask, I, I kind of, you know, ask yourself, I don't know if any of you experienced this, but I went to a lot of different schools when I was younger. And when I was, at, when I was going into high school, I went to a, a Apollo Career Center in Lima. And it was the first time I was treated, you know, like I was an individual person with an opinion and I really like that. I mean, and you learned to, you know, you learned to trade. You also had other courses and, and it was just a different environment. So why not start that earlier? I mean, that's my thoughts on it. Children want to feel like they're respected, listened to, and that their opinions matter. And I, I say, why not even start it, you know, before middle school? It's never too early to start building up a student and and teaching them and and you know kind of giving them different examples of of what they might want to be. Maybe they don't know, but that's why they have to try a lot of different things out um, to figure out what they want to be and and they should have the right to explore different things and and that's what we advocate for here. So, all right. So let's see what else they have to share. Um, this is from Ed Surge, and it says, Principal recounts daily pandemic routine. Greg Moffitt, a principal of Fairmont, Fairmont Charter Elementary School in California, shares a typical day leading a school during the coronavirus pandemic. In this commentary, Moffitt writes that his day begins at 5.15 a.m. and is spent testing students for the virus, working to fill vacancies due to staff absences and personally filling in for teachers. You can read the full story at the Ed Surge. Just type in Ed Surge, S-U-R-G-E. Switching again, just a moment. Okay, uh, Los Angeles Times and the National Public Radio reports that L.A. schools ban cloth masks. 
Students in the Los Angeles Unified School District will not be allowed to wear a cloth mask under a policy taking effect today. This was on January 23rd, by the way. Instead, the district will require the students wear well-fitted non-cloth masks with a nose wire following guidance from Los Angeles County Health Authorities. Are you kidding me? Doesn't that sound comfortable? Oh, for Pete's sake. Um, okay. Okay, and K-12 Dive reports demographic changes linked to anti-CRT action. Studies say that campaigns targeting the critical race theory in 2020-2021 affected school districts that enroll 35% of all K-12 students. According to a study by researchers from UCLA and the University of California in San Diego, the study found that anti-CRT campaigns were much more common in districts that saw the greatest Democrat demographic changes. Okay, and then the next bit of news that I have is from Ohio Ed Updates. And it says that state and local news, Governor Mike DeWine proclaims January 23rd to January 29th, Ohio School Choice Week. Recognize options and vital in K-12 education. This was reported by the PR Newswire. Governor DeWine's proclamation coincides with the National School Choice Week, a public awareness effort that raises awareness about options and opportunity in K-12 education. More than half of U.S. governors and several hundred of city and county leaders nationwide have issued similar proclamations of the week, or for the week. In the Buckeye State, this marks the ninth time in 10 years that the Ohio School Choice Week has been officially proclaimed. NHEG, by the way, is um, supporters of the National School Choice Week. And we have been from the very beginning. We did not hold an event this year, mostly just because, well, just because students weren't really interested. And we just did not do it this year, but we are still supporters of it. Okay, uh, STEM students experiment win flight opportunity in NASA Tech contest. NASA reports that select that they selected 57 winning teams in an inaugural nationwide challenge designed to attract, engage, and prepare future science, technology, engineering, and mathematics professionals. The winning teams of the NASA Tech Rise Student Challenge will gain real-world STEM experience by building experiments that aut autonomously operate and collect data from the edge of space aboard a suborbital rocket or high-altitude balloon. Among these honored, honored were students from Highland High School in Medina and Fayette Junior and Senior High in Fayette. And Dayton Daily News reports that Edison State's tuition waiver aims to help career tech students. Edison State Community College is offering a 100% tuition waiver for qualifying high school students who have completed certain advanced 
or career tech coursework. College President Doreen Larson said the waiver will cover students at Edison State's partner high schools. All high schools in Preble, Dark, Miami, and Shelby counties include career tech education centers as well as homeschooled high schoolers. And the Family Courier reports that FCS Treasurer offers school finance classes. The Finley City Schools Treasurer Pam Harrington will on Thursday host the first of four School Finance 101 classes. It will be a four-part series meant to make Ohio's system of school finance easier to understand. And in the Warren Tribune Chronicle, area students hold golden keys. For much of her young life, Julia Ostrowski has felt a vicarious bond with her paternal grandmother, whom she never met. But thanks to her boyfriend's artistic talents, that connection has deepened. The South Range High School senior will have a stronger sense of her grandmother that may go into perpetuity thanks to Lorenzo Sprocket, an Ursuline High School senior created a piece of artwork with colored pencils he titled The Guardian. In the Akron Beacon Journal, excuse me, gee willigers, (laughs) Nordonia High School Synergy aims to bring music energy to Music Teachers Conference. A six-member a six-member Capella Ensemble from Nordonia High School will be one of the high school and university's music groups to perform at this year's Ohio Music Education Association's conference next month. And Northwest Signal reports that teachers are encouraged to apply for water grants. And, excuse me, water is abbreviated. So water is a vital resource in Northwest Ohio. The Northwestern Water and Sewer District wants to continue its partnership with local school districts by offering grants of up to $500 to help teachers promote the study of water and wastewater in the region. Okay, the next ones I have is from ASCD K-12 Leadership Smart Brief. And this is from ASCD in service, and it says, Perfection-free school can build confidence and success. School leaders should help migrate the relentless drum beat of criticism and guard against staff and student embarrassment and humiliation by striving for a psychologically safe school environment. According to author Douglas Reeves, who spoke at ASCD Virtual Leadership Summit last week, Reeves believes that aiding students' academic success will reduce discipline issues and suggests coaching teachers rather than evaluating them. Um. Okay, there's some repeats again. Bear with me for a moment while I bring up the next one. 
Positive stories among Oregon's declining graduation rate. This is from Oregon Public Broadcasting. The graduation rate in Oregon has dropped by two percentage points for the first time since 2014. The state education department reports, but successes still shine through. The pandemic didn't prevent 80.6% of 2021's graduating class from earning their diplomas on time and in at least one district decimated by wildfires. More than 90% of the students experiencing homelessness graduated in 2021, compared with the state-wide rate of 55.4 for this demographic. Okay. Bear with me. Okay, this is from Tech and Learning and from a smart brief on EdTech. It says, educators share how to make the most of films in the class. Watching documentaries, films, and other types of videos are best used in class to support lessons while enhancing student engagement, says Karen Beer. Beer or <laughs> Senior Vice President of Teaching and Learning at Discovery Education. Beer and other teachers share their ideas about using films in class, including middle school social studies teacher Britton Barnes, who sticks with short videos and sometimes uses an app that pauses videos to pose questions to viewers. Just a moment. Okay, let's see here. At One Day University, we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. When Big Mobile charges you an arm and a leg, they're taking your money and your power. And your arm and leg. Boost Mobile gives your power back with an unlimited plan for $25 a month on one of America's largest 5G networks. We can't give you back your arm and your leg because we're not qualified surgeons. Unless you're an iguana who can grow limbs back. Switch to Boost and get an unlimited plan for $25 a month. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. New customers only. One line, $25 per month with auto pay. Additional restrictions apply. See BoostMobile.com for details. I have some, like, quite a few repeated. I'm having a little bit of a scrolling issue still. Yep. Um, okay, I think this is a new one. Uh, this is from the Associated Press. Then it's Tennessee University to launch peer mentorship program. Helping young adults with developmental and intellectual disabilities is the focus of a new mentorship program at Tennessee State University. The non-degree certificate program will pair students with disabilities with peers who are majoring 
in special education aims to better prepare students with disabilities for the work workforce. This is another report from HELO, or ALIO. I'm not sure how you say it. It's the H-E-A-L-I-O. So HEALIO is what I'm guessing. But research publicist Gemma Network Open found children born to mothers with eating disorders may have a higher risk of developing attention deficit hyperactive disorder and autism spectrum disorder. Researchers said that they there was a four-fold greater risk of ASD among children born to mothers with ongoing anorexia or 80% increased risk for ch children whose mothers had who had previous been previously been anorexic. Wow. What do you think of that one? I'm not sure what to think of it uh, personally. I'm not sure if that is true or um, never would have thought those things were connected, but interesting that somebody thought to test it. Okay, let's see here. I apologize for the pauses, but there's always so many and it take too much to um, kind of kind of paste all into one script. So it's a little difficult sometimes to, to, do, to do these, especially if they're scrolling issues or something. All right, this is from ASCD, K-12 Leadership. And it's a spotlight on K-3 reading proficiency. While 95% of third graders are cognitively capable of reading proficiently, 64% of those children do not read proficiently by third grade. And sadly, 75% of those students will never catch up. As a literacy center or organization, we fill these numbers in our core and are focused and committed to fighting illiteracy for every learner. When students are proficient readers, by the end of third grade, their opportunities to learn and engage in the classroom increases. That is so easy to say when they continue to make the same mistakes over and over again. Um, New Heights solved that issue a long time ago. and But no one really wants solutions um, or those in power that are are, are doing the compulsory schooling and advocating for that. It's all talk and no action. That is my experience. Okay, so this one is from Penn Live in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. PE teachers may be trained on science of reading. Pennsylvania teachers may have the option to retreat receive training on how to teach students how to read based on science of reading. As part of an effort to have all students reading by the fourth grade, the state's House, the state's House of Representatives voted unanimously to direct the Education Department to create the voluntary program that aims to help teachers identify risk factors for struggles in reading and boost reading readiness by uh, by there are different lessons that they do. 
And in Tennessee, um, they're planning to launch a tutoring initiative, a $200 million three-year initiative aimed at improving proficiency among students through frequent small group and in-person tutoring. The Tennessee Accelerating Literacy and Learning Corps supports English, language, arts, and math instruction. Okay, that's a lot of money. Boy, it doesn't cost that much to teach someone to read. I'm just, these people, that they act like they, they just have all the answers when they... It's very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. Okay, let's see. Okay, LA Web Portal highlights dual enrollment options. A new portal in Louisiana is designed to bring more underrepresented students into dual enrollment programs where students can earn college credits, or even an associate degree while still in high school. The goal is to offer more job-ready and career pathways. This was picked up by the Times Picayan and uh, the New Orleans Advocate. And in Maine... Main District relaunches vegan school pro school meal program. Sorry about that. Portland Public Schools in Maine restarted its vegan hot lunch program in the fall for elementary schools after the meals were put on hold during remote learning in the district. Under the program, students can select from a vegan hot lunch, a traditional lunch, or a vegan sunflower seed butter and jelly sandwich each day. Doesn't that sound good? And school boards in Virginia look to to overturn order on masking. Seven schools in Virginia, including Fairfax, Alexandria, Arlington, Falls Church, Hampton, Prince William County, and Richmond, filed a lawsuit against Governor Glenn Youngkin on Monday seeking to overturn an executive order regarding wearing masks in schools. In the lawsuit, the school districts say Yunkin's order, which makes wearing masks optional, goes against the authority given to local school boards in the state constitution. The full story can be found at, um, on the New York Times and the Washington Post sites. Getting right through these. Okay, this is more news for Ohio, for state and local education news. And it says, Ohio schools will begin screening kids for dyslexia next fall. A guidebook is in the works. Cleveland Idea Stream NPR reported starting in 2022-2023 academic year, every school district in Ohio will have to screen its youngest students for dyslexia. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a first for the state and the Ohio Department of Education, ODE, wants to ensure school districts are guided in the process. For the first year, all students in kindergarten through third grade will be required to take a Tier 1 dyslexia screening test. Fourth 
through sixth graders can take the tier one dyslexia screener if a parent or teacher with permission from the parent requests it. In Dayton, sorry, Dayton, oh wait a minute, this is repeats again. Um, Uh, this is from Cleveland.com. Dolly Parton's imagination library leads to higher kindergarten readiness in Cleveland. The report's conclusion is based on various studies from across the U.S., as well as an analysis done by Case Western Reserve University that showed a positive correlation between enrollment in Dolly Parton's imagination library and what's known as kindergarten readiness assessment score. The local data showed that children who were enrolled in the program scored higher than those who were not, but the analysis did not control for any other differences um, between participant and non-participants. A local impact study is yet to be completed. Completed. Gosh dang it. All right, let me check. How much more time we have? It, we are running out of time quickly. Let's see if I can share a few more with you. There's always a lot to get through. Okay, um, Niagara Gazette in Niagara Falls, New York reports that New York STEM team builds robots and fly drones. Some middle schoolers in Niagara Falls, New York are building robots, operating drones, and learning to code in preparation for the advanced STEM classes. Students also compete in events such as VEC IQ Challenge and play seventh in one global competition, said the district superintendent, Mark Lorry. A lot of uh, repeats again. And again, students in U.S. Afghanistan, Afghanistan connect via Zoom. High school students in Afghanistan are connecting with students in the U.S. via Zoom. During a recent discussion, students talked about a poem, Why Was I Born a Girl?, in which a female student in Afghanistan writes about the treatment of women in her country. The New York Times picked up on this story. Isn't that interesting? I mean, are are things back to normal in Afghanistan? Because I don't think so. So what's the initiative behind that? That should make you kind of pause and think about what that is all about. Sorry, again. Alrighty. We're only going to have time for one or two more here. Okay, this is more, more of the same in state and local education news. Warren Tribune Chronicle. $12.5 million bagged for Student Wellness Center. 
Orange City Schools received $12.5 million in American Rescue Plan dollars to help build a wellness center at the Warren G. Harding High School. The funding part of the state application approved by the Ohio Department of Education was announced at Tuesday's school board meeting. The project is estimated to cost $15 million. Officials said the remaining project costs already have been put aside in the capital improvements and the project calls for no additional cost to taxpayers. And Wooster Daily Record reports that Dalton School Board accepts over $43 million in donations and hears about future calendar changes. Members of the Dalton Local School District of Education accepted several large donations for the district, many of which will go toward the softball field that is currently under construction. Superintendent James Sacker said the district hopes to have the field done in the upcoming season. The board also learned of some proposed changes in 2022-2023 school year calendar days that Sacker hopes to propose at the next meeting. These changes would include the addition of more professional development days for teachers to accommodate extra training days required by the state. And Cleveland.com reports that Orange High School principal to become district's director of human services. The Orange High School principal, Paul Lucas, has been named director of human services for the Orange City School District, effective August 1st, 2022. The Orange Board of Education approved Lucas' appointment on Monday, January 24th. Lucas, Lucas will replace Judy Robinson, whose retirement as Director of Human Resources was effective January 1st, and Robinson served four and a half years in the position. Uh, Millersburg Bargain Hunter reports that $4 million available to improve walking and biking. The Ohio Department of Transportation has funded uh, or has funding to develop and implement projects to enable and encourage children to safely walk or bike to school. ODOT's Safe and Safe Routes to School program is funded at $4 million annually for infrastructure improvements such as pedestrian and bicycle crossing improvements, new or improved sidewalks and bike racks, and non-infrastructure infrastructure activities such as walk-to-school days, bike rodeos, public awareness campaigns, and educational programs. And Youngstown Business Journal, employees give TCTC students edge in electrical program. The high school senior Blaine Spittler says plenty of opportunities in electrical technology. Spittler is part of the Trumbull Career and Technical Center's Electrical Technology Program that works with area businesses to provide classroom and on-the-job training. He aspires to continue his education at the Pittsburgh Institute of Aeronautics to become an airplane technician. And the Warren Tribune Chronicle, two more to go, Um, Warren Tribune Chronicle, Champion Explorers STEM, Students at Champion Middle School are learning new ways to explore science as part of the after-school STEM program. The program that began in December is led by science teacher David Murdoch and Kayla Nepper, a substitute teacher at the school. Murdoch says that 
that said he alternates weeks that focus on science club and STEM. And the last that I have to share with you today is from cleveland.com. It says Parma City School Districts introduces Embracing Parenthood Initiative. The social and emotional component of modern day education finds school districts embracing the challenge associated with rising mental health concerns. That's why this year the Parma City School introduced pilot program Embracing Parenthood which invites families to better understand the impact education, collaboration, and communication can have in their student's life. Well, we've come to the end of another show. And I want to remind you that um, you can listen to On the Tibet show on Fridays by 6 p.m. And we have a new civil rights a show that is on Sunday nights by 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on both of those. And so check those out. Um, they're really great. Well, in the end, Tibet show covers subjects that impact youth and civil rights. Well, no explanation needed for that. We're covering the history of civil rights and, and just providing some really great information. Also, you may be wondering why our uh, intros and commercials have changed. We've had a partnership and sponsorship with Silicon Valley High School for a number of years now. That sponsorship has ended, so we are no longer um, promoting the sponsorship. The, all of the You'll have some shows that will still have the, those announcements. We're not going to change that, uh, but... So we're leaving it in, but we're no longer making new shows with those advertisements. So until next time. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.